It's about the money, 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 and that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's about the greed of money. But uh, first, let me introduce myself, Greg Ambrosius, along with Derek Butcher. Derek, it's just the two of us again. Let's have Tommy rest for a little bit, and we'll talk to him on Monday, okay? Yep, spoke with him this morning. He's uh, he's almost back to 100% health, so he'll be ready to rock Monday, he said. All right. Does he, did he use an F-bomb during that phone conversation with you or not? Um, there were a few. Let's just say there yeah. were a few. <laughs> Yeah. Good. Nothing's changed with Tommy. No. All right. We'll talk to him on Monday. But today we're going to talk about the Thursday night game and we're going to talk about the money, money, money. Now, I've got a bone up my butt right now because I sat through much of that Thursday night game. I did not watch all of it. Derek, you said you watched some of it as well. But I mean, I just couldn't get through it. That was bad football. And we've come to know that on Thursday night football that it's going to be bad football. But this was bad football. There basically were two plays. One, the Deshaun Watson scramble for a 49-yard touchdown. The other one was the fumble by John Ross, his first carry in the NFL. Watching Clowney running like a madman, (laughs) holding on to that ball like a loaf of bread, getting down to the 20, but crazy. But first of all, let me just ask you, were you as upset with the play last night as I was? I mean, I just thought it was terrible, terrible football that I had to sit through. Yeah, it was, uh, it's these Thursday night games, again, we've, a lot of people have said, everyone, I mean, as an NFL fan, I do think it's, a, the the thought process seems okay that, <laughs> as an NFL fan, you never have to go more than two nights without an NFL yeah. game, right? More, more than right. two nights in a row. But the product we get on Thursday is just terrible. It's, it's, it is hard to watch, and I can sit and pretty watch, watch any two teams play yep. an NFL game, but these are getting to the point where, and I was switching back to watch some of the Indians and then the Twins and, you know, flipping back and forth, so it's just it's it's time to go. They need they need to figure a way to, to get rid of these. Well, I've come up with a solution, and I know it's not a good one, it's not a perfect one, but why not Saturday night football? To me, I understand Saturday is for college football, the NFL doesn't want to step on any toes, but so what? Right now, you're the 800-pound gorilla, and your product sucks on Thursday night. The players don't want it. They're your partners. The Players Association is your partner, and they don't want their employees playing on Thursday night. So why not Saturday night football? I mean, they've been doing this Thursday night since 2006. Back in 2006, college football was not on Saturday night on national TV. Now it's on ABC, it's on Fox, it's on every ESPN product, and so it's a, a main thing. But at the NFL on Saturday night would be big hit. The Players Association would love it. Ratings would be through the roof. It'd lead right into Sunday football. Now you got three games on Sunday going 12 hours, and you've got Monday night football. To me, it's either got to be Saturday night or two games on Monday night, right? That's better than what we've got right now. Absolutely. I like the Saturday idea, but for sure, I think they should get scrapped this Thursday. Um, if they want to play Saturday, move it to Monday like we had the yep. like we have the first week. Uh, that's great, though. So you have an early game and a late game on Monday night, that'd be perfect. 
Yeah, they're trying to control the whole week of NFL, and I understand. Ratings are down. Derek, ratings were down in week one by 13% from last year, and last year's ratings were down, or were down double digits from the year before. I mean, they have a problem, and we love the NFL. We're football fans. We're trying to help you, NFL. You have to do something. This is not good. I know it's a cash cow for you. It props up the NFL network. I get all of that, but we want a better product, so I'm begging you to at least consider Monday night or Saturday night for this Thursday game. Last word, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's just some ignorance going on with the NFL and Goodell again. It's it, again. Last year they blamed the election for the for the yep. drop, right? And now that's the hurricane. Uh, obviously, the hurricanes had maybe a little bit to do with it, but it doesn't have to do with a double digit percent drop again. So yes, it's time. It's time to move on. Let's talk about ignorance. All right. Marvin Lewis, you were ignorant last night for your play calling, for your decision to punt on fourth and one in the, in Texans territory. I mean, come on, give me a break. You're ignorant for keeping Andy Dalton out there. Man, has he been terrible. Oh, he missed LaFell when he was wide open. He's missing guys wide open. Just terrible. And then ignoring A.J. Green in the second half, right? I, I just don't understand. This game is not that Hard. No, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I can break down every coverage scheme or blitz pickup packages that they use. But I mean, there's this, there's still a human element to this game, and to, to to have Houston. I mean, both starting corners gone, right? Second half, you have arguably the top overall talented wide receiver in the league in AJ Green, and you target him one time before the the last play of the second yep. half. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was sitting there, Tom and I had a little exchange on Twitter. We're like, we can't believe what's going on. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, these coaches, I they just, they think they want to outsmart the other coach, and all they do yep. is end up overthinking this. It is just plain stupid. I mean, if I was the Cincinnati owner, I would have Lewis in my office today literally telling me, what his game plan actually, I have no idea what their game plan was. They targeted A.J. Green only eight times, Brandon LaFell um, seven times, and Alex Erickson or whatever his name is, he wouldn't even get drafted in an Erickson-only NFL fantasy league. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it's unreal how they're sharing the targets and sharing the rushes as well. This is a second straight week now. Joe Mixon had nine carries. Jeremy Hill had six carries. Giovanni Bernard had five carries. You know, like you said, the target's the same way. A.J. Green targeted eight times. LaFell, seven. Erickson, six. I mean, you're not going to win this way. You are not going to win this way. Pick Joe Mixon and give him the ball 15 to 20 times. Pick A.J. Green and force-feed him yeah. double-digit time uh, times every game if you can. This is a team that hasn't scored a touchdown in eight quarters. They're going to Green Bay next week. Oof. At the beginning of the year when you looked at this schedule, you said, whoa, Cincinnati coming here after we open up with Seattle and Atlanta? Yeah. We go 0-3. Right now, look, I bet <laughs> you it's going to be double digits. Oh, yeah. That spread will be double digits going in there. Yep. I mean, look, at, look at the other side of the ball. Not that Houston played a great game. But they targeted DeAndre Hopkins 13 times. He had seven catches for 73 or something like that. I mean, they were making a concerted effort. Watson was to get his best receiver the ball. And guess what? Who won the game? Houston. Wow. Yeah. And like you said, Hopkins Hopkins is actually fantasy relevant. In the first quarter, I was like, I will never draft this guy again. You know, he's double teamed and he drops one and it's just bad. Throw us to him. I said, I'm never drafting him again. 14.3, if you would have given me that before the game, I said, yes, sign me up. Sign me up. I'm taking it, right? Yeah, I mean, these coaches, I just don't get I mean, 
again, I'm not an NFL, I'm not going to call myself an expert of breaking down stuff, but this game, it's still about the Toms and Joes more than it is the X's and the O's. I mean, look at AJ, here's AJ Green's comments after last night. We're playing like shit right now. we got to find a way to get our playmakers the ball. That's it. It's a superstar-driven league. I feel like, and no disrespect to nobody else, that ball should be mine somewhere, somehow. I want the ball. I mean, there it is. Absolutely. But he's also got one other point. It's a quarterback-driven league, and we had two bad quarterbacks yep. last night. And nothing against Watson, but he's thrown in here on a short week on the road. He played pretty well. His run was fabulous, no doubt yeah, about it. Great. But he's not ready for this at this point. This is a quarterback-driven league, and it's fun to watch NFL football when you've got Rodgers and Brady and these guys out there that know what they're doing. Getting rid of the ball quick. Finding the right guy. Force feeding the superstars, like you said. And A.J. Green is a superstar, but he's not being played that way. I want to talk about the Houston rushing game as well. Lamar Miller had 18 carries for 61 yards. He had three receptions for 26 yards. At least he's getting the ball. He looks quick in the open field. But Dante Foreman, he looks pretty darn good as well. 12 carries, 40 yards. Maybe not fantasy relevant last right now, but... I like the way he looks right now. I do, too. And actually, Lamar Miller has actually looked a little bit better than I thought he would. Uh, again, I've been on record saying I just don't think he's that great of a running back. But uh, I mean, he looked—he did, he did look okay. But if they get that running game going, I think it's, uh, you know, when they commit to one guy, I don't know that they will commit to a guy. But if, it's, if there's a case where one guy is going to get everything, it, it, it's going to be a solid running game just based on their game plans moving forward the way it looks. Yeah, definitely. I think they got to run the ball more often. They can't... Uh, depend on Watson to, to carry the games for him. So keep running the ball, keep pounding the ball, and hope that defense plays like it did yep. last night. Hey, they scored some fantasy points to Houston defense. I'm glad for that, at least. You know, got turnover and uh, a couple of sacks, three sacks, actually, last night. How about that hit by Watt to end the game? <laughs> I kind of like that one. <laughs> There's, there's a dent in the field, I think, still, when they when they picked that guy up. That was a great. A walk-off tackle. Have you ever heard of a walk-off tackle? No, before? that's the first that one right there. Right that there. Walk-off tackle. How about your Buxton last night walk-off, huh? Yeah, that was perfect. The game ended, got over to watch the end of the Twins game, and I'll, I'll tell you what, Buxton, is last last two months, I think he's hitting over 300 now, and, and the speed there and the power is coming, obviously the defense. So he's never coming out of that lineup. I like him actually hitting down there in the five-hole. feels like there's not as much pressure as when they wanted to lead him off. So uh, he's a guy that's going to be shooting up the baseball draft next year, for yeah. sure, top three rounds. See, it's your fault, NFL. We would never talk baseball if we didn't have <laughs> such a shitty product right now. But we have to talk baseball. No, looking forward to baseball drafts for sure. But let's talk about uh, injured guys for this weekend. What should fantasy players do? Let's start off with John Brown. What do you think fantasy players should do with him? Well, if he if he ends up playing, which at this point it doesn't seem like you miss all the Wednesday and all the Thursday practices, it's it's hard yeah. to probably give it a full go on Sunday. So John Brown's my guy, and I'm so frustrated because I, he just needs to get healthy. And now it would have been interesting thing to see now with David Johnson not there you know the Cardinals are going to have to rely on on their on their passing game so uh, if he, you know if he's if he's going to play I think you got to start him otherwise you can you can look to JJ Nelson I think because um he, you know he had a decent game last week he, he scored and it, I just with with Johnson not being there in that three-headed puppet that we talked about yesterday uh, you know sharing carries I just think the Cardinals are gonna have to throw the ball this is what you get when you draft John Brown, yeah, I know, right? I know, You yeah. know what? He's yeah. always hurt. Even Arians is frustrated with him. So, of course, fantasy owners are going to be frustrated with him. Speaking of frustrated, how about Amendola? Are we going to see him this weekend? 
Uh, it doesn't sound like we will, and he had a nice game in the, in the slot role for the Patriots on Thursday. Now, it sounds like, and maybe this is smokescreen because it's coming out of New England, and everything that comes out of New England can be considered a smokescreen until you actually see it, but they're talking about Rex Burkhead lining up and playing slot receiver, so I don't know if they, they somebody made it sound like it was a natural fit. I don't know how that's necessarily a natural fit, but if anybody can pull it off, the Patriots will find a way to get him the ball there. Are the Patriots really only four and a half point favorites? The over-under is a 54, what I'm looking at. I see 84% of the money being bet on New England. Yeah, sign me up. I'm putting my money on them as well. Yeah, I mean, it games in games in New Orleans. And Who New Orleans. cares? Yeah, I know. But I think the way, it's probably just a product of the Chiefs putting up 42 points on them last week. Um, maybe they're thinking New Orleans can, can score at least close to the, what the Patriots are going to put up. Patriots are going to score 40 points this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be an over, and I'm taking New England on that one as well. How about, uh, let's see, Sam Bradford. What the hell's wrong with Bradford? Uh, you know, he's been listening to any report question. He didn't really do much in practice yesterday. I'm not worried. I mean, I, he's going to be out there come Sunday. What the injury I'm worried about is Anthony Barr. Um, it doesn't sound at this point like Anthony Barr is going to play, and that's our that's our guy to at least try to neutralize Le'Veon Bell. If we don't have Anthony Barr, boy, uh, I'm I'm worried. I'm already worried about the game. I think it's going to be a great game. Actually, I think it'll be it'll it'll they'll stay close, and I think it'll come down to to the turnover battle. But without Anthony Barr, Le'Veon Bell is going to have a big day on us. All right, so we'll make a prediction on that game. See, the Steelers are favored by seven, five yeah, and a half. That's too high. The Vikings are not going to uh, yeah. lose by seven. Uh, my prediction, if Anthony Barr plays, and that's a big if at this point, I'll say Vikings 27, Pittsburgh 24. All right. Uh, 74% of the money is on the Vikings, I see right here. Which, so, which yeah. is crazy because Pittsburgh is, Vikings are not yeah. a public team. Pittsburgh definitely is. So, lot, yeah. again, that spread's too high. It's coming down before kickoff. Spread is way too high. All right, I'll weigh in on my Packers here. This is Sunday night, Packers and Falcons. Uh, 53.5 is the over. Falcons minus 3. Money's 51% on the Packers, so that baby's split. So, yeah, that's a tough spread. Minus 3, basically it's a push em game, but they got the home field advantage. Plus, it's a new stadium, so they get, it should be raucous crowd, no doubt about that. I don't know. Atlanta did not look that good last week. Uh, I think the Packers can walk in there, and you know what? The guy to watch is Ty Montgomery here yep. because – the Packers watched what James White did in the yep. Super Bowl. Now you got a wide receiver as you're in the backfield. So this could be very interesting that Ty Montgomery could put up some huge fantasy numbers. I want to pick the Packers in this one. I think it's going to be something like 31-27. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Packers are going to score. I don't think their defense is going to be able to stop Atlanta, though. Even though Atlanta's offense did not look good on the road last week, they're a much different team on turf. I think this one's going to be tough for the Packers to slow them down. Hopefully, Rodgers can control everything here, and Ty Montgomery has a big game. What do you think as a Vikings fan? Yeah, I'm right I there with you. I know you're rooting against us. Yeah, well, I'm definitely rooting against you, but I'm right there with you. And I, I, think, the pa- I think the Packers... <laughs> I think the Packers do go in there and come out with a W. I just, I just, again, I'm not impressed with Atlanta. I do believe in that Super Bowl hangover that everyone talks about. I just think there's something there. I think, and the pa- I mean, hey, if the Packers get defense like they had against Seattle, uh, this game could, this game could get ugly because uh, there's, there's no way that Atlanta is going to stop Rodgers and that offense down there. It's just, it's for sure my favorite game on on the docket this weekend. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, this is a game where if you have, you know, in a flex button, you're not sure what you can do. This is a game where you can throw in guys like. Taylor Gabriel, if you absolutely have to, because I think there's going to be a lot of points to go around. Yeah, another favorite game I want to watch is Dallas and Denver. It may not be a good fantasy game. This could be a really low-scoring game over under is 42.5, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun NFL game to watch. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think the Cowboys can move the ball on this defense? 
I do because I think they're going to feed Le or not Le'Veon, but Ezekiel Elliott. And I think they'll they'll yeah. find a way. That offensive line is still still pretty good, and in Denver's defense, while still a top top defense, I don't think it's uh, as good as everyone maybe thinks it it was. You know, a couple years ago when they dominated in, in the Super Bowl. So um, I, I just I think it's a, a, a lower scoring game, but probably maybe let's say it's like a twenty to fourteen or seventeen game. But I think I think yeah. uh, Dallas can beat Denver here. Cowboys are favored by a point and a half. Broncos okay. are underdog at home. 78% of the money is going on the Cowboys. Yeah, so there you go. Yep. We're going to talk about the Monday night game on Monday when we do our podcast. But let's throw it out here. You got Beckham. He's on Monday night. Looks like he might play, but he kind of looked like he was going to play last week. Uh, as a fantasy owner, let's say you don't have somebody else on Monday night. Do you hold him? Or what do you do with Beckham? <sighs> you know, it's yeah, it's a it's a tough. It's always a tough question. I mean, ideally, you have like a you know Sterling Shepard or something on right. your bench, which would be right. the optimal thing to do. If you don't have that situation, I think you wait as long as you can on you know on the Sunday. Again, you, the news isn't going to break until Monday whether he's playing or not. Right. I think he plays. So I, I mean, if I'm one and zero and I had a good week, I'm probably just going going for it, um, leaving him in there. If I'm zero and one and you know, I feel like I need to be a little bit, little bit safer, and you know, have a, at least a floor there. Um, I probably, I probably don't use him, but uh, I, I do think he'll play. So, I do too. I think I would start him again. Ideally, you always have either a lion or another giant that you yeah. can put in for him on Monday night. But if you don't have that situation, I'm going to recommend you keep him in there. I saw him practice today. He was running around pretty good, so I think he's going to play. So you know, there you go. Okay, now for the NFFC cut line. Tonight is your first fab of the season. We only have three fab periods. They're only on Friday nights. If you're in the NFFC cut line, we got almost 1,900 teams in that contest. Do your fab tonight. Deadline is 10 p.m. Eastern time, all right? So that's it. It's the two of us. On Monday, Tommy will be back to join the band, okay? Yep, we'll go on Monday. Full go on Monday if he's not on the IR, that is. Then he'd be out eight weeks. That, you know, we, we can't go day-to-day -day much longer with him, right? We're going two-on-three every day. It's kind of like my noon hour basketball when we have nine people. We go five-on-four. <laughs> like, your fifth guy sucks anyways. We'll take you on. Right. So this week has been, our third guy sucks anyways. We're just going to take you on two-on-three, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. Good luck, everybody, this weekend. Yeah, enjoy we'll the games. On Monday. All right.